0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Rangers are through to meet Ayr in the League Cup after seeing off Kilmarnock, but it came at a cost with an injury to Jamie Murphy. Is this the week Dedrick Boyata returns to the Celtic squad after they beat Partick to meet St Johnson in the next round? And Kenny Miller becomes the first managerial casualty of the season as he departs Livingston. Yes, I'm Gordon Duncan and I'm delighted as always to be joined by Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans. Artificial pitches are anti-football. Ball. The players know it Brendan Rodgers and Stephen Gerrard know it All the fans know it It's time for concerted action To have them outlawed in this country How are the SPFL supposed to keep a straight face During negotiations over a new and approved television contract When 25% of the clubs in our flagship League Cup competition Play on surfaces that make a proper game impossible The product's good the profile is high, the tension's rising, but there are no grounds for artificial pitches, except there are three of them. Uh, Alex, I think he's in one of those moods, yes. um, but it was another uh, interesting weekend of Scottish yeah. football with lots to debate and discuss. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's fair to say most of the teams in the cup competition went through outside uh, Dundee who were turned over by air. There's the AstroTurf debate that Hughes just touched upon, um, some good draws to look forward to as well. And then we're back to league business this weekend So, you know, we've got obviously the European ties as well So, plenty in store Yes, plenty in store indeed And if you want to get involved The number you need is 0141 951 1025 Join us on the phones Or if you would rather tweet You can do so at Clyde SSB Let's hear from Stephen Gerrard, shall we? He's held an excellent Rangers performance After they booked their place in the League Cup quarter-finals uh, However, the performance was slightly overshadowed By an injury to Jamie Murphy With Gerard believing that artificial pitches Should be banned at elite-level football I thought we were excellent, again Before the game, you know, the Kilmarnock draw away Was a tricky tie for us Coming here on the back of a European game On a difficult service Quite a bit of tied legs going on So I thought my team were excellent I thought we dominated for the first 50 minutes Should have had another goal in the first half Unfortunately the linesman hasn't seen it But at half-time we're satisfied at 2-0 And then obviously we score an own goal And yeah, that lifts Kilmarnock I thought the game changed from that moment for 15-20 minutes I thought they got a lot of belief and hope from the own goal And then obviously when we get our third Alfredo's Atrick. Uh, it was game over felt like the game was in the bag of 3-1 uh, and we were looking like we could have won and maybe got another one as well so very pleased pleased to progress as I say it was a very tough fixture I know Steve Clark organises his teams very well I mentioned before the game a lot of respect for him and I knew he wanted to beat us today so we faced everything that's been through at us and we've answered the questions well Jimmy Murphy how is he doing his... he's sad he's upset I think he's fearing the worst we're devastated that's the only downer for us today going away you know we're going away on the back of a fantastic victory at a difficult place but it's come at a cost because you know Jamie looks as if he'll be missing for, for quite a while we'll get him checked out and we'll do the tests and the examinations we hope it's not as bad as what we're all feeling Is it a pitch issue? Do you seem to twist it? Was it's it... difficult for me to comment on that I think we all know that plastic pitches they're not as safe as grass that's fact that's simple but I'm not here to disrespect Kilmarnock and their playing facilities I know that it's a big help to Kilmarnock having a plastic pitch they, you know, they, it helps support the running of their football club so I'm not going to show them any kind of disrespect but my opinion is I think elite football shouldn't have any plastic pitches that's my opinion I think for every club worldwide I think it's safer to have a grass pitch. Other people might have a, a different opinion to that, but I, 
I think if you'd asked any managers worldwide, I think they'd all prefer grass than I do. Um, I think if you'd asked Jamie right now, he'll, he'll say it's a pitch incident. I don't think it's the first time Rangers have had that type of injury here. I think Waggon suffered a couple of years back. But look, let's just wait and see. I don't want to dive in too quick. You know, we'll, we'll wait and see what the examinations say, but we're all fearing the worst. Stephen Gerrard is absolutely correct there. First of all, he cannot prove that the injury to Jamie Murphy was as a direct consequence of the pitch at Rugby Park. And he has rightly distanced himself from that argument. But he has said what I have been saying on this programme since the start of this season. In other words, before anything happened yesterday at Kilmarnock. I said, in my belief, our flagship competition should not have artificial pitches, far less a quarter of the league having them. For me, it's a commercial proposition. Our profile is at its highest point because Brendan Rodgers and Stephen Gerrard are going head to head. We also have a new television contract to negotiate. We feel that we are underselling ourselves in terms of the television deal. But, I repeat, how can you go into negotiations when 25% of the pitches are artificial? Luckily, when you are kindly disposed, Gordon, I have a plan. Okay, tell us. I believe, I believe that you should say, set a date after which plastic pitches are outlawed. You then have clubs, let's say it's the end of this season, no more plastic pitches, they're outlawed. If a club comes forward and says, we will go out of business unless we have a plastic pitch, then... Because we're not in the business of putting people out of business, you say you have one year. One year to reorganise your financial setup so that you can exist without a plastic pitch and with a grass surface. Therefore, you get one year to play for your survival on your plastic pitch. But if at the end of the season you've gone down, okay, you're out. If you haven't gone down, you must then take up the plastic pitch and you must get grass in. Therefore, you haven't been seriously disadvantaged. You've been given a chance to remain in the top flight. But the season after this, there should be no more plastic pitches. It's an interesting point that Hugh puts across there. Uh, I thought Stephen Gerrard was relatively balanced there in terms of uh, his thoughts on there and the, th- the thoughts of it's not directly related to that. It's very difficult to point to it. He may well suggest that, but uh, for me... Plastic pitches have no place at the top flight. Going back to Hugh's point there in terms of giving them a year. Now, as an example of that, Hugh, Livingston putting that pitch down in the summer uh-huh. would effectively be roughly about 750 grand. Uh-huh. You know, the time you put all the infrastructure and then you obviously put the, the surface on top. If within, if even if you said next year they were getting a two-year hit and it was going to cost them 750 grand, having says it's okay to go ahead with that, it would be extremely... Difficult for them to comprehend that that was the the way forward because it's a fortune for them. Uh-huh. So I don't know where the middle ground is, Hugh. But what I will say is, I agree with you in terms of when you're going to get a contract and things uh, negotiated with the, the television companies, then obviously that will take course itself. But I'm not sure that the negotiations will. You will have to make sure that the top flight's grass. Um, unfortunately, there's an argument as well because of the 4G that it's actually as good as grass, you know, the the more modern stuff. But 
as I said to you, having played on it over the years as well, it's a surface I don't encourage at all. Based on on what you mentioned, playing on it, are you talking about the the way it makes your body feel, the impact on the football, yeah. all of the above? What well, is it? well, the thing is, as an example, um, playing at Hamilton in recent years, this this when I was going toe to toe with them in the for a title race, they conceded two goals over the course of the season. They trained on it, so there was a more I thought there was an advantage because they're training on it. They were hitting channels. It was the delivery into the channels, spinning all that. So they knew down to a tier. So I feel as if there's an advantage right away. The ball sometimes doesn't check naturally, which you would get on grass depending on the surface. If it was dry grass, you would try and anticipate it holding up. If it was a skiddy surface or a bit of water surface, then you know it's going to. Sp- so you, you you learn that over the years growing up. But on the on that surface, depending on its pellets, some of them's got sand on it. So you're not quite sure. There's some of them are 3G, some of them are 4G. So f- there's not a consistency with them, Gordon. And for me, and I know it's you know this is just my opinion, there is more injuries on that surface than than anything. You get all the gravel rash as well. Uh, you know when you go, you go for a slide tackle, it's it's a horrible surface. Why to play on. why would you not listen to Brendan Rodgers, who last season said he had never seen a good game of football on a plastic pitch, and now Steven Gerrard. Underlining those comments by saying he doesn't think the major league should have any. Okay, let us know what you think. 0141 951 1025. We're at Clyde SSB on Twitter. It's not a, an entirely new debate. We've had this discussion a couple of times, but it's back in the headlines today. Let's see what you make of it. Uh, Hayden is a Motherwell fan in Paisley. Hi, Hayden. Yeah, hi, guys. Um, how are you doing? Not bad, Good. Hayden. What are your thoughts? Um, so, I actually heard you talking about this um, last year. Um, and I was going to phone in, but then I realised I was listening to the podcast, so <laughs> a bit late. Well, I'll give you his, his Nokia number, Hayden, and you can contact him out of hours, all right? My dumb phone. <laughs> what it is, um, so last year, I think Motherwell had the second smallest budget um, for players in the full league after Hamilton. Um, and we've got a grass pitch, and we've got probably one of the best grass parks in the country. Um, the whole, like, it's a financial necessity for some clubs doesn't really wash with me. Because you don't go out of business, you just cut your cloth accordingly and either don't pay a certain player a certain amount of money. Um, I just think it's ridiculous. They shouldn't be allowed. At the end of the day, we owe it to ourselves, Hayden, to make our major league the best it can be. And I simply do not believe that we are making it the best it can be when 25% of the pitches are artificial. Yeah. Yeah, well, listen, I, I, listen. I can totally understand you in terms of. I mean, you have to sympathise with absolutely. the commercial benefit. I know, I understand what Hayden's saying, but just because X team, in his example, is Motherwell have, have managed to do it, it clearly yeah. is of a of a huge commercial benefit to other clubs. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, it, it cuts down on the, the training facilities as well, so you don't have to do that. You don't have to rent the facilities. You don't have to get the grass cut, and you're just based at one place. So, uh, I totally understand why clubs are doing it. It's purely for a financial. Uh, benefit to their club and uh, But for the greater good of the game uh, Again I keep uh, repeating For me it's better to have grass But it'll be interesting to see Because for, for the life of me Hugh Having got the nod in the summer To the tune of about 750 grand uh-huh. Two years down the line that you go Effectively you have to If they agree to do it this summer And you get one year uh, extension to Rip it up effectively It's some hit 750 grand well, I mean, at the end of the day, Livy could go down automatically relegated and that would come under the heading of natural wastage. Uh, Fraser Wishart is on the line, Chief Executive of PFA Scotland. Uh, Fraser, thanks for joining us. 
Good evening gents, how are you? Not bad, how are you? Very well, thank you Good stuff, now Fraser, we're going back a couple of months here Of course, PFA Scotland conducted quite a big study into this, didn't they? It was called the uh, Pitch Rater Study So yourselves, um, uh, Sports Labs, the Scottish FA sort of got together Asked hundreds and hundreds of players across the country What they made of various pitches uh, yeah. And I mean, the results were, were pretty clear in, With regards to artificial surfaces, weren't they? Yeah, well, it goes back even further than that. Uh, probably about four or five years ago, we asked players specifically a survey on artificial pitches, and I think 72% of that time said they'd rather play on a deteriorating grass pitch than an artificial surface. And you fast forward two or three years, we come to the situation where I think sports labs, who are well known for, for, for being testers of pitches and putting artificial pitches, SV and ourselves decided we were going to ask the players. So we asked every single away player throughout the leagues for the course of last season to, to rate the pitch. Now, that, that was stuff about direction, it was stuff about fatigue, how did you how did you feel after playing, uh, stuff about injuries, did you pick up any kind of injuries on, on, on a surface as well. And it's not just about artificial surfaces, of course, that's the, the, the hot topic just now, but it's also raising the standards of grass pitches as well, because we have to get better surfaces to play on in this in this in, in Scotland because it's a high-profile game. We're in a good place at the moment. We're trying to sell new TV deals and we have to keep the product good. So, yes, artificial surfaces come into it and that's a hot topic, but also it's about make, making grass pitches better as well. So, I mean, what's next then, Fraser? Do you carry out this survey? You get the fairly unanimous results. Are we likely to see any action taken on the back of that? Did you have any feedback, any discussion with our footballing authorities as to what you can do with these findings? Well, we've already raised it with the SPFL, and uh, that will be continuing. We have quarterly meetings with the SPFL to discuss these matters. Uh, so that will continue there. We've also, there is going to be a, a conference, I think, at the end of September, where all the good practice, we had a model fan on a few seconds ago with their fine surface and uh, what their groundsman does well. There's going to be information sharing, there's going to be all sorts of speakers from various parts of, of uh, upkeep of uh, how you maintain a pitch, and also we, we'll do a presentation as well. And also, I think it needs to be discussed by the, the SFA because over the last few seasons, believe it or not, they've actually asked the referees and the referees have judged the pitches. Now, for me, it has to be the players that uh, are, the, are the, the marks that are taken into consideration because they are the ones that know how a pitch plays, how it feels underfoot and what kind of football has to be played. So it makes perfect sense for me to ask their views. So we're just saying here, you have to listen to the players. It's their workplace. They are the ones that have to play on the pitch. So listen to them. Not just artificial surfaces, let's get good grass surfaces as well. What are the latest scientific findings, Fraser, in terms of impact that these surfaces may or may not have t towards injuries? Because people may well have their opinions, but if we're being completely honest and if we're calm about this, it's very difficult for us to pick isolated incidents, whether it be Jamie Murphy or anyone else, and say that the cause of the injury was entirely down to the surface. That's very difficult to, to accurately come to that conclusion. Well, that's really for the experts to, to talk about that, Gordon. I mean, you have Stephen Gerrard earlier on, and he wasn't going to comment on it specifically. So I think it's down to the medical experts and people at clubs to, to see whether it's yes or no. Um, from our point of view, we represent our members. And what I've learned over the years in this job is that when you're making comments and you're making topics like this, you have to have done your research. And we have done. 750 players responded three or four years ago. 600 plus responded this year. A huge survey, the biggest of, of, of its type in Europe, and the players are saying we want better pitches. I think the players in the Premiership level are making it clear they don't want to play on artificial surfaces at that level. But this goes all the way down to, to the bottom divisions, and where there's going to be artificial pitches, 
we have to make sure they're changed sooner because uh, they, they maybe have a place at a certain level, but they wear out. Everybody, every one of us that kicks a ball on artificial surfaces sees the change in them from year to year, and some of them have been down for seven, eight, nine years. And to be honest with you, I think it's, it's some cases are becoming dangerous, so we have to make sure that the artificial surfaces are up to standard and the grass pitches. I know we have to compare like with like, uh, and I may not be doing so by talking about England's Premier League Fraser, but can you imagine? Would anyone ever be allowed in there with an artificial surface? No, they would not. No, they're not allowed in any of the divisions in England. So uh, the clubs just won't won't allow them. So it'll be interesting to see what happens now, uh, because it's very clear from our members, and we will keep batting on about it, and we'll keep batting on about it. But the people that can maybe make things like Brendan Rodgers and uh, Stephen Gerrard, Scott Brown making comments as well, James Tavernier with two skippers as well. Um, and as I say before, I, I know that people at artificial pitches feel as if they're picked upon and, uh, and they might come back at as well. And I hope it's not like that. I hope it's a proper debate. And, and again, this is about making grass pitches better. If Muddle can have a good grass pitch, why can't other clubs? If Peterhead can have a good grass pitch, why can't other clubs as well? So with a little bit of investment, with information sharing, we can make our pitches better. And at a time when Neil Doncaster went abroad to try and find um, TV deals abroad and try and bring it, maximise the TV revenue as well, Let's make our product look the best it possibly can Okay, thanks to Fraser Wishart there Chief Executive of PFA Scotland Coming at this debate from a, a player's angle I know there's going to be fans' opinion We've got Hugh's opinion We've got all uh, various opinions on this one That was the, the view of the players, if you like, from Fraser Wishart We're on Twitter at Clyde SSB uh, T says, Gordon, Hugh is finally speaking sense hey. He's had to wait quite a while <laughs> uh, Plastic pitches are a disgrace Shouldn't be allowed in the Premier Division and Billy Doherty, who incidentally has a big Kilmarnock badge as his pitcher, says, I'm against these pitches. Who decided they were allowed to use them? Did the players have a say? The authorities who allowed it to happen must be held accountable. 01419511025 if you want to have your say. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans and Alex Ray here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Give us a call if you want involved. You can also tweet us at Clyde SSB. Uh, we're on Twitter. As, like I say, Ross Campbell's been in touch. Always good to get a bit of balance because uh-huh. Hugh and Alex are. Fairly against the artificial pitches But Ross says Artificial pitches are good enough For the Champions League I'd much rather watch a game On a decent artificial pitch Than a mud bath In the middle of winter You would understand that as well Hugh But then I suppose As as Fraser Wishart mentioned It's it's about raising standards overall Rather than Correct Fraser's made the point That he wants to see Grass pitches improved As Celtic have done Celtic are lucky They've got money And they can do what they like Uh, So they've got the, the, The super deluxe pitch But you know, it, it's the, we're not getting the, the the quagmires of the 1970s that we all remember watching on television. You know, yes, pitches might deteriorate in the winter time uh, because we do live in an awful climate here, but they never become that bad. And I just think that artificial surfaces do not present a proper game of football. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Callum's in Solco. Hi, Callum. Hi guys, how we doing? Not yeah. bad, Callum, what's on your mind? Uh, just the topic on the, the surfaces um, Just regarding the artificial surfaces I think it's disgraceful, amateurish, pathetic, embarrassing Call it what you like It shouldn't be anywhere near a professional game of football It causes countless injuries And I know you can definitely blame the surface But I mean, 
for example, last season um, when Celtic played Kilmarnock at Rugby Park, um, they lost the both centre-halves after 20 minutes, I think it was, um, to a groin and ankle injury. Um, now, the three main um, injuries you get on a, a artificial surface is an ankle injury, a groin injury and a calf injury. So that, that speaks volumes. Um, they lost Tierney the season before an ankle injury. Um, I'm watching it on the television and you can actually see in the replay when his foot plants on the ground, um, it rocks, it doesn't actually plant and it, and it surface with it being, not being grass. Um, so I think um, being a professional league, I think the likes of England and other countries watching the league must be laughing um, at the standard. Um, well, you know, you know, as you heard Fraser Wishart say, even the fourth tier of English football, even at Stevenage and at Crawley, they're not allowed to have artificial surfaces. So be the best you can be. That's what Fraser was underlining. Make the grass pitches even better. But Scotland wants to be, um, if the Scottish game wants to be up there with all the other leagues in the world, hmm. they need to improve their standard of football now. The standard of football on an artificial surface is pathetic um, and TV companies will look at that as well. Uh, last season, Barnett made um, three times uh, the money in TV revenue than Celtic and Rangers combined. Um, you know, that's just, again, speaks volumes of the, the level of performance and um the, the TV companies obviously think our game up here. It's also worth bearing in mind though It's not like we are the only ones This comparison yeah. with England is always going to raise its head But very popular in Scandinavia Obviously I know that there's the argument then about the climate Which is perhaps uh-huh. more extreme than ours is um, Some of the Russian teams As one of the tweeters pointed out Have played Champions League yeah. football with these pitches Gordon I think it's important to focus on what we can improve Because we can look all over the place Give examples You know, The Russian ones are top draw They cost a fortune Any in Belgium when you were there? Uh, no, not at the top flight. No. no, there was none at the top flight. So you know, I think if you're trying to showcase your top, your top flight, I, I, oh, I do get the finance side of things. Uh-huh. The, the further you go down, it helps with the youth setup as well. The kids train there in the evening, so I understand the whole cost thing. But when you're showcasing your top division, you have to have the best surfaces available. And even going back to my days, some of the pitches that I played on grass were a shambles. Well, exactly. That, 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 that's where. It, that's where. The argument needs to be looked at as well though Because this, this, this survey that Fraser Wishart yeah. spoke about Yes, the two artificial surfaces Hamilton and Kilmarnock were bottom But just above that from last season I think from memory it was St Johnston and Hearts They yeah. didn't fare too well either They were they were grass surfaces So surely if, if we're talking about a visual impact Marketing the game, whatever yeah. it may be then These have to be considered to be better as well It's not it's not as simple as just make a pitch grass And then, and yeah. then we're all happy I think um, Fraser made a very good point earlier on. It was improving the grass also, but I, I'm going back to the what the early nineties, late eighties as well. The pitches weren't great. I have to say now the pitches are considerably better than they were then. Yeah. Things are improving. Facilities, the stadiums that we're actually sat in now as well are so much better. So we need to try and improve that on the pitch. I'd be interested to see what the actual findings are with a few because I was wanting to ask Fraser. I should have done at the time. What is the voting? Then put it back. What is the voting on these things? So, is it does it have to be? I mean, that would be an SPFL issue rather than a, a PFA Scotland one. Just a bit of breaking signing news for you tonight, St. Mirren fans. Let us know what you think of this. St. Mirren confirmed the signing of Rangers fullback Lee Hodson 
On a season long loan deal We sort of knew that one was in the pipeline It's now been confirmed The signing of Lee Hodson to St Mirren On a season long loan I think Alan Brief, Stubbs brief is, thoughts on that? Alan Stubbs is watching his side Taking too many sore ones And he's decided that this calls for the old heads uh, And Lee Hodson falls into that category Yeah he was talking about bringing in more physical players as well A little bit more robust He doesn't come into that category But he's got a wee bit more experience and he has at his disposal And he'll be looking to add a few more Just before the window closes in 11 days 0141-951-1025 For all this talk about the pitch We've not actually discussed the football It often happens uh, Davies and Lanark Davy, what did you make of the, the game yesterday? Oh, it was a wee bit unfortunate our, When our best players got injured You know, Murphy But uh, all of them was going on about the, the pitch You know, these plastic pitches But I, I don't know if you remember that when Kilmarnock had done the full heat, they weren't allowed to put it one overnight because of the neighbours. <laughs> so I don't know if there's any truth in that. Or that yeah, the the, the the generator made uh-huh. made such a noise that, that that's true. That they, they were told not to put it on overnight. But anyway, I mean, as as Gordon said, Davy, you've got to be uh, impressed by the transformation that has come over. Alfredo Morelos, for example. Yes, that's true. Uh, another point was the the game on Thursday. The, the the visas for the the team, like you know, the Russian team, that maybe not going to come through. No, no, that's fine. The no, there, no, there's no danger. The game's on. Everything's fine. It certainly looks like it, doesn't it? Um, even by our wacky standards in Scottish <laughs> football, that would be quite something. Listen, but whatever it is, Alex, I think. Everyone involved at Rangers is going yeah. to be preparing for the game and, and we expect it to go on, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. I think there were some reports come out today that the, the visa issue would be dealt with. Uh, from a Rangers point of view, they need to go about preparing for the game at Ibrooks on Thursday night. It's a massive game for them uh, mm. because they're actually playing at the moment, mm. Ufa. Uh, so I'll be interested to see how well they kind of cope coming to that environment. Plenty of time to look forward to that. What about yesterday's game itself? If we can try... Slightly for the meantime Move on from the pitch I'm sure we'll get back to it But yeah. I'd like to talk about The actual football If that's alright Yeah it was um, Listen it was exactly What I expected I thought it would be really Difficult for Rangers down there In terms of The way Steve Clark Sets up his team He gets everyone Goal side relatively quickly um, Not a great deal of space To play in But the way Rangers Went about their business uh, Yesterday I was really impressed it's, I've often said on the programme Coming back from a European trip Particularly you know, over difficult circumstances against a good team, um, you're always looking to try and say, right, okay, we can't afford a hangover coming here physically and mentally. But they were on the front foot, and I have to say, I was really impressed overall, and uh, I thought they deserved the win, Gordon. When you consider last season, the other Rangers side, the one pre <laughs> pre Stephen Gerrard, uh, they were going to Kilmarnock, and Chris Boyd was getting a couple of goals, and they were losing there. This is a different Rangers altogether Different behind the scenes with Stephen Gerrard and Gary McAllister Vastly changed personnel And if you're a proper manager, proper players And there's a proper challenge for the, the league actually, title coming along Alex yeah. Alfredo Morelos Yes What are you making of him? I have to say Gordon, uh, I've been really impressed Six goals and nine starts at, at so far What is it he's got? He's got something like five in his last three games See if they can get this boy at it like he is now. Last year he got into numerous, numerous positions and passed up opportunities. Now I think he got 18 or 19 goals last year. He, he did well from Finland at the beginning of the season. He could go on and score a barrel load. 
Because the one thing about this boy has in his favour, he gets into opportunities where he gets chance after chance. Now, Hughes touched upon this as a different Rangers team. I totally agree with that. They've got better firepower. They've got better legs in the middle of the park. And I think he will get more and more chances. The one thing that kind of struck me yesterday as well is obviously playing against Big Cut Broadfoot. These guys are trying to wind him up. We spoke about it after Uh the Aberdeen game. If he can get on top of that, he was playing with a smile on his face as well yesterday. He looked as if he was enjoying his football. And the one thing about it is he could become a legend at the club. And I'll tell you the reason being, the fans are really buying into this guy. So if he can score the goals, who knows where he can go. There's one glaring omission on his CV. Cannot score against Celtic. So he has the opportunity on the 2nd of September. That would prove to the Rangers fans that he was indeed a player transformed. Sometimes we focus on what players can't do rather than what they can and it's been well publicised we've had the discussion so many times about the chances that Alfredo Morelos has missed in the past did the the second goal yesterday in in many ways Alex sum him up as a player in terms of having the defender right at his back liking that physical challenge and and being able to turn that into a a goal yeah it was a goal out of nothing Gordon now you look at his other two goals that were pretty much uh, predator instincts tap-ins and a header which is just as important as the second goal. From a defensive point of view, from, from Kamarnock, I'm looking at it and an experienced player, Boyd, and I'm thinking, why are you getting so tight, getting rolled? And again, I think that surface helps them because you can bump them out of the way. And um, I think the way he took his goal was very instinctive, rolled him out his feet, scored a goal. So, uh, And again, we'll obviously talk about that later on in terms of the goal that he didn't get in the first half. But the interesting thing about that, listening to Stephen Gerrard's point there, Hugh, uh-huh. he says, yeah, obviously a goal that he wasn't. Do you imagine if it was a draw or the result didn't yeah, go his yeah, way? Yeah. I don't think that would have been the same response. Chris is on the line. Hi, Chris. Hi there. How are you, panel? Very Good. well, Chris. What's your point tonight? Well, before I make a point about the, the AstroTurf uh, debacle, can I just say to Hugh, Hugh, I think you are the star of the show and I, I hope you have many, many years ahead of you. Uh, on Super Scoreboard You're very kind Thank you Chris He will be here good. till he's 150 Chris <laughs> well, Another five good. years Don't you worry ah, Good okay uh, I would just like to say to the panel What they think Would we be discussing uh, AstroTurf Now I'm not a fan of the surface myself You know I would much prefer To see Settle the top flight Playing on You know In stadiums That are grass like Celtic or Rangers I'm a Rangers fan But uh would we be having this discussion uh, if what I think Murphy was actually wearing the correct boots? Because I, I don't think the boots he was wearing lend themselves well to that surface. Chris, what kind of boots were them? Just out of curiosity, was it the the blades? Well, yeah. Well, it looked kind of like mouldy jet blades, but but it's just the structure of the boot now. Having had a very similar injury myself, I, I was only an amateur player, but uh, I, I damaged my, my, my left knee, the cartilage, never recovered from it. But as a player, I knew it was because I was wearing mouldy boots. Because if you're wearing that type of boot on that type of surface, and if there's any kind of lateral movement, there's no give. You see, we no wish uh, we wish uh, Jamie Murphy, of course the very best in his recovery and we hope that he's not out for as long as perhaps some people fear. But the discussion on artificial pitches is not 
about Jamie Murphy because we cannot prove beyond all reasonable doubt that the pitch was to blame for what happened to Jamie Murphy and Stephen Gerrard has admitted as much. I just think we're always looking to our game. We're trying to make it the best it can be. We're always accused of not being positive enough about our game. Well, we're trying to be positive in this regard. Give us grass. You know, the interesting thing about Chris's point there. Pitches, uh, yeah. <laughs> just to be just to <laughs> yeah, be clear. Yes. Okay. Yes. To go back to his point, I would never ever play with blades on AstroTurf. But nowadays, see the modern boots you get, Alex. You get ones that are designed for artificial grass, and I would be amazed if that's not what the players were wearing. Yeah, but as I've had a choice, I would play with natural molded like Puma Kings or, or Copa. You love the Puma no, Kings, no, don't Copa, you? I do, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, if I had a choice, and going back to Chris's point. <laughs> I would not play with Blades Okay we're going to hear from Brendan Rogers next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors A team that gets results Every week Talk to Thompson's.com Or board Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans Here with me Gordon Duncan And tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Give us a call if you want involved You can tweet us at Clyde SSB As well if you would rather do the, the Twitter thing Let's hear from Brendan Rogers. He says Dedrick Boyata could return to training as early as well, today, this week, as lengthy talks over the weekend regarding the building's future. Uh, the Celtic boss insists the defender is still part of his plans at the club, and as long as the player apologises, his fellow players will welcome him back. I thought we were excellent, again. That's Stephen Gerrard, helps if you actually play Brendan Rodgers, doesn't it? Yeah. I had a long chat with, with Dedrick the other day, and, uh, and like I say, we've just created a wee bit of distance from what happened last week. Um, but, uh, but we'll look at that you know, over the course of the weekend and, and beginning next week. If Dedrick's still a Celtic player, of course I want to, uh, want to have him involved. You know, he, he's been with us for a couple of years and you know, I know he's a good guy. Everyone makes mistakes, but I also think if there is a mistake made, I know sometimes it, it's not the way in, in modern life, but you know, people need a chance to redeem themselves and and if it's the case, of course I would like to have him involved because he's a he's a top class player. Has he apologised for what's happened? Whatever has been said, Ronnie's obviously internal, but of course before anyone will join the group, that will always be the uh, that would always have to be the case uh, to staff and to players. But I think if you uh, if you take it when he joins the group, that that will be the case. Do you think the group will accept him back in? But they will. Because they're an honest group, you know. This is the joy that I have of working with them every single day. You know, they're winners. We want to win. We're always demanding, but they're also a very, very honest group and a very humble group. So, I think, of course, last week we wanted players, and uh, and some of our players weren't available to to play for numbers of reasons. But uh, but this is a group that we're very much together. You know, the spirit is still very strong. It's very collective. And uh, and that's something that we'll we'll continue to have going forward. Was there a chance that he could be involved next week? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, uh, like I say, it, it was raw last week, probably for everyone, for him, you know, the team supported. <coughs> I've been in the situation before, and uh, and that worked out okay. So uh, so I'm pretty sure this will as well. 
Uh, Hugh, I'm well aware that this one is rumbling on to such a degree that you're in danger of, of covering old ground. Mm-hmm. But it is, a, it is a developing situation. We now await to see if and when Dedrick Boyata returns to training with this Celtic team. And then, of course, slightly longer term over the next couple of days, if he's involved on Thursday. Yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess on several levels. Because Brendan can say that he has uh, created distance between the original incident and where we are now. But what about the question of trust? How does Dedrick Boyata feel about his manager? His manager having said after the game in Athens last week, oh yeah, he was, he was fit to play, just didn't make himself available to play. And Brendan Rodgers, what about his trust in the player? Because in Celtic's hour of need, the player didn't turn up. So there's a trust issue here. Uh, I've heard all sorts of suggestions, Gordon, that Celtic could even be on the verge of offering Dedrick Boyata an extension to his contract. Does he want to stay? Was he told that he would go in this transfer window and therefore feels aggrieved that he has not gone, even though the window still has 11 days left? So the whole thing is a mess and it's not an ideal situation for anyone associated with Celtic a few days before the game that will halfway decide whether they play in the Europa League or not. Hugh thinks it's a mess, Alex, but what's quite clear from listening to Brendan Rodgers is that he's hoping to clean it up quite soon, one way or the other. Yeah, well, I think it's fair to say he's going to introduce the boy back into the training at some stage this week. I would imagine it would probably have been today. Otherwise, when do you introduce him when you've got this game on Thursday night against the Dover? It'll be interesting to see whether he actually... Last longer than Thursday In terms of Sorry Last longer than the transfer window Because that may well suggest That there could be An extension to his contract Or are Celtic willing to Swallow the The nine million pound That they got off Off of Fulham So But As a player Hugh touched upon it as well In terms of um, You know The manager's calling him out He's basically saying He's he's a cheat He's not You know uh, he, He was fit to do it We don't know about the Again about the insurances uh, whether the boy was guaranteed it would leave if there was a certain figure, hit, you know, reached. The whole thing is a mess. And and again, will the players take to him? Uh, having yeah. probably cost him a right few quid because for me, he is the best centre half at Celtic by far. Alex and Parkhead, Alec, what's your your gut reaction telling you as a Celtic fan? Firstly, do you expect to see Dedrick Boyata involved on Thursday? And uh, if he was, how would you feel about that? I I expect him. To be involved in Thursday, first and foremost, he's still a Celtic employee. And, you know, we all make mistakes in life. The guy, obviously, he said he wasn't in the right place. We can say, we can try and blame it on him, on him that we missed it in, Euro- in the, the Champions League. We had another, another 10 players on the park. Now, like I say, we all make mistakes. Will they be trusted? Of course they'll be trusted, you know what I mean? And the Celtic fans... At the beginning, might not be too hangy, but you know, Virgil uh, Van Dyke had the same sort of a situation. And after he obviously had had his seat turned away, but he came back and I he got his move away. But you know, I think now last Monday we were going, it was a mess, and we're up, but a week on, and me, I think that Celtic are in a better place this week than what they were last week. On what basis? On what basis? Well. Last week, obviously, we were going out. We were out the Champions League. Brendan Rodgers was walking. We've got no money for the to sign new players. This week, we played uh, uh, 
Partly first one Saturday. We won three one. We rested a couple of players. We're, we're playing obviously for the group stages of the Europa League. We'll get Hamilton in, in Sunday, and then we'll get in the return leg. And then we'll get the old Firm game. And I do believe before the windy shuts that another maybe two or three players will come in. First of all, no one is saying that because Dedrick Boyata did not travel to Athens, he cost Celtic their place in the final qualification round for the Champions League group stages. What we are saying is it's a messy state of affairs when uh, he makes himself unavailable for selection and at the end of the game in Athens, the manager says, no, no, he was fit to play all right. So you've got a messy situation on your hands. I actually think, Alec, that Celtic do have money available. I've, I've said for the last couple of weeks that I feel as if Celtic will make a couple of acquisitions before the window closes. Um, so I, that wasn't, for me last week, that wasn't an issue, that there wasn't any money. I think the whole handling of the John McGinn situation, you know, trying to, because he was a Celtic fan, drip feeding the up one and a half, two million, two and a half, and then realising it's going to cost you more. But by that time, the boys had him turned with more money down at Aston Villa. So I think the whole situation behind that So I actually feel as if Celtic still have some more business to do With it being Monday night's programme We generally try and review as much of the weekend's action as we can as well Celtic at the weekend Yep How would you how would you sum that up? I would say in the first half They were absolutely in cruise mode um, Cantering, if I've been critical They didn't test the, the, the goalkeeper enough uh, In the final third They weren't clinical enough And... Uh, at half time, Hugh, myself and Mark Wilson were both all saying, listen, they need that second goal rather mm. quickly. They got the, the goal, Patrick Thistle. But again, Celtic just stepped up the ante and, and they brought on the big guns, you know, uh, Forrest, Dembele, um, Gamboa, I think, was a revelation at the weekend. That was something that, you know, we're talking about the changes, Alec, there. He made the difference for me because within two giving goes, he'd calved open the Thistle rear guard and then obviously the quality took care of itself then. But... It was a bit of a lacklust performance really on the back of Europe There's a kind of snap that's missing from Celtic's play at the moment You know, which has characterised their play over the last two years Six domestic trophies, one in succession That kind of snap isn't there at the moment And everything now is about Thursday in Lithuania, in Suduva And your concern for Celtic will be the one that's always your concern for them now they can't defend properly Remember we're on Twitter At Clyde SSB Pablo Logue has been on He says It's what's best for Celtic And Celtic that comes first Not Boyata So if the manager wants to use him And it's best for Celtic Then use him Beat the pundit With goals in the Scottish sun The SPFL and EPL Latest every Monday Wednesday and Saturday it is almost time for Beat the Pundit Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are standing by And they are just desperate for you to come on And take them on for the chance to win yourself a signed ball If tonight is your night Then you better pick up the phone right now 0141 951 That's the number you need And you have until the news at 7 o'clock To play tonight's Beat the Pundit Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Win the compensation you deserve Talk to thompsons.com Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard that may only be the 20th of August, but we've had our first managerial casualty of the season already. Livingston's player-manager, Kenny Miller, is gone, and we're going to look at that situation next. 0141 951 1025. 
Pundit. With goals in the Scottish Sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. Before we do discuss Kenny Miller, it is time for Beat the Pundit. Hugh and Alex standing by. One of them is going to be up against Ryan from Cumbernauld. Hi, Ryan. Hi there. How are you feeling tonight, Ryan? Confident? <laughs> no, really. Oh. No, not really. Okay, <laughs> it's a good start. Not even any fighting talk to be had. Anyway, let's see how we get on. Heads, it's Hugh Keevans. Tails, it is Alex Ray. Got my trusty coin here. And it is Tails. Going to be Alex Ray oh. up against Ryan from Cumbernauld. Hugh Keevens breathes a sigh of relief. <laughs> Let's give Alex some Clyde 2 to listen to. And uh, we'll get your clock up and running. Ryan, you've got 30 seconds head to head. Remember, you can pass, but here's your chance to beat the pundit. You ready? Yep. Who will Celtic face in the next round of the League Cup? Yeah, Who scored Kilmarnock's goal in the 3 1 loss to Rangers yesterday? Goal. Which year of the 90s Did Aberdeen beat Dundee In the League Cup final 95 Which Edinburgh club Has become the 90th Scottish FA member club Edinburgh City Which Scottish side Have signed Finnish striker Benjamin Kelman How many league appearances Did Kenny Miller make With Livingston One Okay uh, Let's bring Alex Ray back Alex are you with me? Yes You are Right same set of questions to you Let's get the clock ready And we are off Who will Celtic face in the next round of Sedova. the League Cup? Who scored Kilmarnock's goal in the 2-3-1 loss to Rangers? Pass Which year of the 90s did Aberdeen beat Dundee in the League Cup final? 60s <laughs> Which Edinburgh side uh, has become the 90th Scottish Edinburgh FA member club? Uh, which Scottish side have signed Finnish striker Benjamin Kelman? Dundee. How many league appearances did Kenny Miller make with Livingston? Two. Okay. <laughs> you the wind up. I, 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 I was too busy trying to think of the decade, sorry. <laughs> you had an absolute mare. You just panicked. You had head loss there all over the place. First one Who will Celtic face in the next round of the League Cup? So Duva didn't make it to the quarterfinals of the Scottish <laughs> League Cup, would you believe? Uh, it was. In sorry, John- I must have listened. I noticed. Uh, it was in Johnson. Well done to Ryan. Come uh, on, Ryan. Uh, and then by this point, you were panicking. So who scored Kilmarnock's goal in the 3 1 loss to Rangers? It was, of course, a Barisic own goal. Yep. Uh, so Ryan got that correct. 2 0 to Ryan. And then went 3 0. Oh, dear. In which year of the 90s Did Aberdeen beat Dundee In the League 60s, Cup final said. You said the 60s <laughs> I, I don't know where to begin uh, Ryan got it on the nose 1995 When is that? He's got four in the bounce? 3-0 three, so far uh, Which Edinburgh club Has become the 90th Scottish FA member club It is Lothian Thistle Hutchison Vale uh, So Ryan's rampage Stopped did, did for a little well? He didn't get that So it was 3-0 uh, You pulled one back it's, uh, it's Benjamin Kelman Signed for Dundee Yeah you actually pulled another one back Because you got that Kenny Miller Has made two league appearances For Livingston Instead of one But uh, too little too late Was an absolute understatement a start. And <laughs> poor doesn't quite cover it And uh, Ryan Well done to you Thanks There we are That was Ryan and Cumberland I was in a competition Side ball is on its way And I think That might be two losses in a row For you Alex Ray It is yes I You need to keep your composure breaker. You need to keep your composure next week But I've got this uh <laughs> No, don't, the, don't even, don't I've got even try I've got and the, make excuses I've got Moscow game at the side of me here I've been distracted Hugh, how many tasks would you be juggling to think that the 60s was a year in the 90s? That's the question Quite a lot But I, I, I feel for Alec because he dived in thinking the answer is Sudova 
uh, because that's the game on Thursday and it's the League Cup which is three weeks in the distance Uh, Just a bit of news coming out of Scottish football tonight Aberdeen have put a statement out on this Lewis Ferguson Compensation Tribunal If you're unaware this is the the, the, the amount of money owed to Hamilton Ackies for the services of Lewis Ferguson it, It's not that exciting, I'm not going to lie It just says um, the club are satisfied with the outcome Having received a fair hearing The details and the award are confidential And it's not our intention to make any further comment So well, sometimes uh, statements uh, don't really say anything That was one of them well, what they, The unspoken part of that statement for me Is that Aberdeen are satisfied with the outcome Which means Hamilton Ackies are not satisfied with the outcome We will see Right 01419511025 To get involved in any of tonight's discussions Whether it's the performances at the weekend The plastic pitches uh, Or indeed this Because Livingston have parted company with player manager Kenny Miller Seven weeks after Mm -hmm. taking the role Now bear in mind A lot of those weeks were before the season had even started So it's even more remarkable in an official statement, the club says that uh, Miller wanted to focus. They wanted Miller, sorry, to focus on full-time management. But Miller told the Livy board he still felt he'd more to give in a playing role. Uh, as a result, they have parted. How amicably? Well, I guess that will depend on who you speak to. Uh, Gary Holt is amongst the favourites to take over. So, um, quite uh, that's quite a dramatic one, Hugh. Like uh, I say, twentieth of August. Here's another fine mess because I don't think that Kenny Miller went into that job. Being the type of guy that he is Having agreed to a Two month probationary period see, we'll, we'll see how this works out You as player manager And if it doesn't work out Well we, we'll reserve the right to make you the manager But you must stop playing I cannot think that Kenny Miller Agreed to a deal of that type No I totally agree um, I find the whole thing rather bizarre mm. you, when, you, when you explain it in the way you do it um, for him to come in and a probation, I know Kenny very well. I played with him for three years yeah. at Wolverhampton Wonders. It doesn't strike me as if when you go into a managerial position, you go in with a bit of strength. You know, you're going in there, and for him to relinquish playing after two months now, you could even say that some of the other players are not performing particularly good either. So, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't quite get it. I'm sure we'll get Kenny's. Uh, events over the coming days Well the last time we spoke to him Was on Saturday While he was still player manager Let's just remind ourselves Of, of, of what he had to say back then It's the difference When you make the step up Obviously the, uh, Both boxes Defending one box Being creative And at the other end I mean again I, I don't again I, I, Within the game It feels Might feel different How it looks But I felt we were Controlled for long spells yet. Uh, We're more than competitive Within the game It didn't feel like There was an awful lot In the game Yeah last 10 minutes when you're, you're throwing bodies forward and you're maybe a little bit open for a counter-attack for a, like to concede a second but at that point you've, you've got to throw you've got to throw caution to the wind and go and try and get back into the, into the cup tie but always always disappointed I mean, you guys know me long enough disappointed to lose any game of football but there's a lot of positives we can take but obviously again there is a, there's, a, there's an awful lot we can improve on it's a difference, isn't it? You know, like the keepers made a couple of fantastic saves. I mean, the my one, I thought, I thought, man, I thought that's flying. And uh, Stevens looked for all the way it's going on as well. I mean, he, I, I actually had him beat. Uh, un- unfortunate to come back off the crossbar, but we, we started well again. The games are, they are what they are. I mean, there's not similar to Kilmarnock again. These are two two teams that have been in the league a long, long time. So Kenny Miller, Hughes, that was his thoughts in the Motherwell game. We know Motherwell. 1-1-0 progressed in the cup um, So he was very much focused on On the sort of football And, and talking yeah. about Progressing and positives they can take And all the rest of it and, and then by last night News comes out that he's going And it's confirmed It's um yeah, it's a bit of a, bit of a, a, 
a mess isn't it Kenny Miller is one of the most Focused determined individuals I've come across In this game I believe that when he Took the step Into management with Livingston He thought it was for The season And Beyond And I don't think that Kenny Miller Given the kind of career that he's had Agrees to a kind of halfway house Where they say We'll give it eight weeks Kenny And we'll see how you are And then After that We'll uh, maybe ask you to stop being a player And to be manager alone I I just can't see Kenny Miller Agreeing to that kind of Halfway house deal It almost looks as if the the appointment of a player manager They were had doubts If that was the case From the beginning Hugh uh-huh. So yeah. why why appoint a player manager At the beginning If he didn't want to try and see it through It was almost as if They're hedging their bets It doesn't stack up to me In the passing Let me say that Gary Holt uh, Is a, a fine coach He did Very good work at Falkirk He's an extremely experienced guy uh, He's had a long time In English football uh, Which was uh, the making of him uh, So Livingston would be getting a safe pair of hands there But for me Not a lot adds up here Yeah well let's get the thoughts of Livingston Chief Executive John Ward He's been speaking to Sky Sports News You know we, we thought we were getting um, It was the best of both worlds with Kenny Because we would have a, a, you know, a, a superb player in the park And we would also have somebody who had a wee bit of experience And who was very very you know, Had indicated very clearly that he was happy to learn on the job And would you know, would, um, would work with the existing team Kenny felt he was being spread too thinly He was, um, you know, he was, he was trying to be on the park He was trying to be doing the, the, the management stuff um, And you could see in his play you know, he, was, he was working really hard to include other players in the, the, in the game and, and direct them on the park and stuff like that So um, you know, I think he was frustrated that, it, that he, you know, and, and again, this was a mutual decision you know, He's made the decision that, that he feels he's got a couple of years playing Left in him. Mm, he felt he was being spread too thinly. Well, if that was the case, then he could have quietly left himself out for a while and then brought himself back in. Uh, but no, no, I'm not having it. Sure, he said he said something there. That he felt as if they were going to get a superb player. So uh-huh. they clearly think that he's not up to speed. On the pitch And they'll be better Focusing on there That's the reason why Kenny's decided to walk away Because Kenny does believe He's got that yeah. But see going back To his actual see, comments see, afterwards see, see if that is the case then How on earth do you make a judgement On whether a player's Going to have a good season After two league games As well, a player Well this player is the thing only. Because they'd won I think they won three Cup games as well Didn't they So they'd, they'd not a bad cup um, Betfred Cup So I don't quite get it But for him to come out And make a judgement On a guy who's only Played two games In the group as well it seems bizarre to me That they've yeah. actually come to this conclusion And and I, the reason why it's came to mutual consent Because Kenny's gone I've got plenty offered here If you have no way to take that I'll go somewhere else And offer that uh, someone else Well Hugh the, the, the suggestion is That he's now a target for St Mirren Yeah And uh, <laughs> Wouldn't it be peak Scottish football If Kenny Miller signs for St Mirren this week Who are they playing first? Livingston And scores the winner against Livingston now, At the weekend I mean that would That would be peak Scottish football wouldn't it? No doubt Confidentiality agreements have been signed Or something of that nature has taken place But if Kenny Miller ever decides uh, To give his version of what has taken place uh, It might be very interesting indeed But, you know, we're we're unable to prove or disprove Anything about this It it just strikes me Given Kenny Miller's focused, single-minded nature that this is a peculiar one yeah, And if you look at the, the recent history of Livingston's managerial situation Hugh 
it's a suggestion And it's only a suggestion Maybe there is Maybe it is a, a complex place to be Because David Hopkin wins promotion uh-huh. And then decides not to bother staying with the club Going into the top flight Which is not really heard of um, And bearing in mind He doesn't even have a job elsewhere So it's not as if he left to go somewhere else um, And now Seven weeks from being named as player manager Kenny Miller goes as well Yeah uh, Jack Ross won promotion And then left St Mirren But he, he had many suitors Who wanted him And he, he chose Sunderland And appears to have chosen very well um, But One day And it may be this week Kenny Miller can have his say in the meantime, good luck to Gary Holt if he's taking temporary charge. As I say, he's a, a good man with a previous good work at Falkirk. Having performed that player-manager role yeah. at Dundee, Alex, just, I mean, how challenging is it? Does there become... Yeah. I, I don't think you, many people would have expected the, the point to come so soon, but, but does there become a point when it, it emphasises the, the strains and relationships at, at clubs? Can it happen? The, the, the one thing where I struggled was the physical... Aspect Because I was commuting from Glasgow every day as well So you're doing a, a round trip of 200 miles per day You're then doing the training Like Kenny will be doing And then you obviously have your, your media duties And dealing with the board And the other stuff that goes Organising training for the following day You then also have to deal with Watching opposition of an evening as well So it's, it really does take its toll And after the year I could probably have continued playing but however I thought Listen I need to focus And channel all my energies Into trying to get promotion In that second season And uh, unfortunately We finished second But I'd made that Conscientious decision yeah. uh, To do that So it may well be That he is Stretched a wee bit as well uh, Going back to the point there That the Chief Executive made John's in Paisley Hi John Evening gentlemen How you doing? Oh good. good John What's your point tonight? My point tonight Obviously right, See before I get it further can, they, can Kenny Miller walk away Because he's a player manager so it's not his registration. Yeah, but you're allowed to go over two teams in, in any given season. So he could quite easily, if they rip and terminate the contract now because the window's still open, then he will be able to play. That's my well, understanding. We do not turn. Well, we do not want a fee for him. No, 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 no. That that thing effectively this has been terminated by both parties. It's ah. mutual, but so that means that both parties have agreed. There may well be a financial compensation as well towards Kenny because he still get the, the term of his contract left. Um, but I don't think Kenny will be too hard to deal with He's had a good career And he'll, he'll be wanting to get this tied up sooner or later Because he's only got 11 days to then find another team That's the problem I, just, I was wondering that That's the point no, I mean, I knew he was a player manager So I was wondering No, right, my point is that's a tough part no, I mean, when is people going Did Livingston not play in a, last year on a grass park? Yes they did, Yeah, they won promotion on it Right, and now they changed it And that's a tough part Yep uh, it, it just, It's ludicrous It's just ludicrous These are the tough parts I don't. I understand the reason why. Right? I, I can't not doubt the, the financial side of it, right? And I do understand that. But I'm like fifty-two, right? And I don't like the surface. Never like. I used to play in gravel, and the, the legs it takes a toll. And it, and it, you're see when you fall on that, you're hitting a, a solid, solid surface. You're not hitting grass. Sometimes well, it's soft Well I mean to, to be fair To be fair John I mean, It isn't solid For, no. for instance yeah, right. rug, Rugby park in particular Is of a An absorption level If you like That it is actually yeah. suitable for, for test rugby I mean Scotland rugby team Played on it Let's, So it's, it's not It's not solid See over the years And I think it was About 1988 Falkirk had a Training pitch Which was AstroTurf Which we effectively Used every day yeah. And it was like Concrete It was a concrete based there was no give And it was sand 
the 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 kind of progress from there to now 28, 29 years down the line has been remarkable. You know, there is a little bit of give on it. Uh, however, sometimes when you land on it, your feet gets planted. There's no give. Yeah. Uh, and ultimately, there's there's a few. Here's one. Here's one, Hugh. Just a, a bit of food for thought. Something that actually just caught my eye during one of the breaks because we've got the television on in here. Uh-huh. The much hyped and ever growing MLS doesn't seem to be struggling commercially, and they have artificial surfaces. Well, I'm only concerned with the country I live in, and I'm only concerned with standards. And we had Fraser Wishart on earlier. Who said it's not just about artificial surfaces We want to see grass pitches made better It's about driving up standards Mm -hmm. And to have 25% of the pitches in our major league As artificial surfaces I think is taking standards down, not up John, what did you make of your team yesterday? Who caught your eye? Who caught my eye? Truthfully, Andy Halliday I thought Andy Halliday They just uh, All what people can see they want to say he played a role, holding role, and he done everything simple, yeah. and he was confident. And you can't, you can't knock a boy who's been. I mean, people get slagged off. People will slag, slag him off. Some people, I don't agree. He's a left back. Never will say he's a left back because I don't think he is. But yesterday in the middle of the park, we him in outfield. He done a holding role. I thought he'd done it absolutely superbly. Yeah, listen, I think he's actually done very well. He done well at left back against Maribor. But just to give you a bit of background as well, he was a left sider uh, with Livingston when he was starting out. So it, it wasn't as if he was unfamiliar with that playing at the left back scenario. But over the recent years, he's been in the middle of the park. Listen, Andy, Andy's a competitor and he'll have a go. He's got the, the, the team at heart. And uh, he'll be encouraged because at one stage, he actually felt as if, you know, they were probably trying to get him out the door particularly when he went over to was it Azerbaijan he went to yeah. so you know you take that into consideration he, he probably felt as mm. if he wasn't in the plans but he'd been encouraged by the last couple of games he, he's part of the, the wacky element that was attached to Rangers over the last two years I mean you remember him being taken off at Hamden verbals all over the place uh, career at that point so far as Rangers were concerned looked in tatters part of the job that Stephen Gerrard is doing at the moment is if Rangers fans will forgive me making the comparison what Brendan Rodgers did at Celtic Park he inherited some players he made them better they had declined under Ronnie Dyla he made them better on his watch Stephen Gerrard is doing that Andy Halliday's part of it Right we've got a good question coming up on the full time teaser you're going to enjoy this one we'll get the question set up and see if the guys can come up with the answers next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Get the result you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are here and they're ready to tackle this full time teaser. Play along with us. We're at Clyde SSB if you want to share your thoughts. Go and get the old pen and paper. Deal with this however you usually do. Um, but it is time to set the question and we will give the guys until the end of the show to try and come up with the answers. So Gary Percival has sent this one in. And uh, on that note, if you've got some good questions that you want to send over to us, please do. The address you need is fulltime at clyde1.com. So, since 1997, eight players have scored English Premier League hat-tricks and played for Celtic or Rangers at some point in their careers. So, since 1997, eight players have scored English Premier League hat-tricks and played for Celtic or Rangers at some point in their careers Alex Ray going by your performance on yeah. Beat the Pundit 
I'm not I'm not I know I'm on fire breath. tonight um, I'm going to say big flow But you might redeem yourself Straight in Tori Andre Flo Well done See that's because, that's because The Dynamo Moscow game's finished For anyone <laughs> wants to know They've uh, they've won 3-0 Versus Ufa So Ufa Trava, So Trava. Ufa lost 3-0 To yeah. Dynamo Moscow tonight Craig Bellamy um, Craig Bellamy No actually Would you believe Di Canio Nope Oh So since 97 Yes Great shout that is Big beat Big oh, centre forward James I had in my back pocket oh. at Southampton So since 97 <laughs> Eight players have scored English Premier League hat-tricks And played for Celtic or Rangers At some point In their careers We've got Tori Andre Flo And James Beattie Which means you only need Six more And, you've got, and you've got about Half and you only No not since 97 He scored I think he did score A Premier League hat-trick But it was pre-97 Yes <laughs> Just as well This game's finished Son and I <laughs> Right, okay, you've got three of the eight and you've got about 20 odd minutes or so left to get it. In fact, even more than that, 25 minutes, so you'll be absolutely fine. Let's speak to Stuart in Bayliston. Hi, Stuart. Hi there. Uh, do you think the Astro Parks is going to end up a health and safety issue? Nah, if it was a health and safety issue, we'd be on it already. Uh, as I say, we cannot make the direct correlation between plastic pitches. And players been injured Until someone comes up with a scientific study Which proves categorically that that is the case Then it would be wrong to make the allegation And that's why Stephen Gerrard avoided making the allegation Because he can't prove it I, I, I thought he was hedging his bet there Hugh Purely for the point of view is because he didn't know what the actual injury was Yeah, And so they'll be waiting for like, the scan on that And it obviously takes a day or two yeah. to, for that to come down Even if they do though Even if they find out it is whatever injury we, you know, we hope it's not too serious But say, say it is a, a knee ligament injury There is still no way of proving yeah. that it was because of the pitch that, no. that's, that's just... That's just you know, It's just the way it is you know, I People get talk about heading the ball And the damage that can be sustained And there have been... Terrible tragedies in the past But do we have conclusive medical proof? No, not yet uh, Because if we did Then how, how would the game of football progress if you, if you couldn't head the ball? So no one is suggesting that artificial pitches Mean that players will suffer serious injury We can infer And we can have our deep suspicions but no one comes out and categorically states that Kilmarnock's pitch or Hamilton's pitch or Livingston's pitch mm. cause injury because you would then be on shaky legal ground. What about just general sort of wear and tear, if you like? Let's yeah. push the serious one-off injuries to, to the side for a second. When you played a game on Astrograss, yep. did your body feel different the next day from when you played yeah. on grass? Well, I don't know if this was a, a combination of when I started playing laterly, laterly in my career as well, you know, when you, and then you're training on these things, that you actually feel it. For me, uh, when I play in AstroTurf, it became a lot more, take a couple of days more, it's almost as if it was more heavy during. But do, do you know the, the point that Fraser Wishaw made earlier on as well when they're going to go into discussions about this with the players, the governing body, uh, all the experts, the, the groundsmen for and against he, he touched upon that he said that he uh, The medical people will put an input as well Hugh Because oh. they would surely have a, a, a record of The, you know, more well, people That's what I'm saying though I don't think, I don't think the scientific studies are, are there Or, or are no. conclusive enough yet yeah. And then we would need one perhaps 
launched by the Scottish FA, launched by PFA Scotland, whoever it may be, Hugh, to, yeah. to have one specific to, to, to what we need to know. As I say, I, I'm trying to get away from the injury issue and I'm trying to say... So you're more about a, a sort of visual marketing thing? Folks, we're in show business here. Football is part of showbiz and we're trying to sell our game as showbiz to our British audience and also... Neil Doncaster is trying to do it to a global audience and get the best contracts possible. And I just think people look and think, ah, you know, if you don't have a, a glamorous stadium, you can't help that. You can't build yourself a Celtic Park or an Ibrox or do an Aberdeen and say, right, we're going to build a brand new stadium in the outskirts of town here. But if your ground looks a bit ramshackle, okay, that, that, that's not your fault. But you can make the pitch the best it can be. Thank you to Stuart and Bayliston. It's 0141-951-1025 to get involved. At, oh, Hugh Evans is pointing oh, at me. That makes me nervous. Ian, right, right, right. No. Oh. Incid- <gasps> in- incidentally, yeah, his hat trick came prior to 97. Oh, God. So there we go. <laughs> it came in 94. Got- Loving Uh No. Dion Dublin? No. I think he's another one. Pre-97 uh, Kilmarnock's Dom Thomas Who always likes to chip in On yes, these trivia yes. uh, issues He's actually said Ian Wright as well and it, Which reminds me He's absolutely desperate To take on Hugh Keevens At Beat the Pundit <laughs> So he's going to have to Call in like everybody he, else At some a point a, Bit of a cheeky boy Young Dom Cheeky I boy I think covers it Yeah yeah. I might have to <laughs> Wipe the floor room I might have to just Take him on board here Alright <laughs> <laughs> uh, well I think We'll park that For the moment Since 97 Eight players have scored English Premier League hat-tricks And played for Celtic or Rangers at some point during their career. No more at the moment. No, nah, let's no, move no, on. We need to wait to the break. Uh, Hugh, the other, <laughs> the other one from the weekend, if you like, that was really eye-catching would have been Dundee's result. Yeah, three nil at home to uh-huh. Championship Air, yeah. down to nine men, already winless in the league. Um, bit of a, a worrying time for those of a, a Dundee persuasion. Yeah, everyone's on high alert. Uh, and it always starts with the manager And it's just a fact of life That when results are bad uh, You can't sack a team But you can sack yeah. one guy uh, And two league games No wins But to lose To Air United And Ian McCall I'm forever praising him on this programme He's done a magnificent job But for Dundee Premiership Dundee To lose to the club Promoted from League One to the Championship last May To lose 3-0 Going on pretty much anything you like By all accounts And to finish up in a shambolic state With two players sent off And the crowd Leaving the ground as if there had been an evacuation Then you've got a problem on your hands And the worst game to come Mm. On the basis that Dundee United aren't in the same division The worst game that could come next is St Johnston away The big other rivalry Let's hear from Neil McCann After the game What did he make of it? Yeah, it, was, it was just a terrible performance It started from the beginning of the game But we're slack We're very poor in possession I think um, United did several corners That put us back in the, the back foot um, there, was, there was bits of the first half Where we got ourselves going But really not good enough So as a team It's not often I've said out there It's not often I've seen so many players off form in one game and considering it was polar opposite to the performance against Aberdeen last week 
against the second best team in the country for the last few years. Um, no way more than match them. And they can't just take plaudits on how well they play and miss chances and then turn in a performance like that. That's just that's not acceptable. What did you make of Ayr's performance today? Uh, I thought Ayr were really good. Um, and if I'm honest, the 3-0 would probably, would probably flatter us on their performance today. They were better on us. Um, and as I said to you, that's stark contrast for, for a performance last week against Aberdeen. Uh, but so many players off form today. Uh, not enough aggression in our game. And that's what can happen. It happened against Inferman here. It should have been more than a warning shot. But um, it's a so one to take because we missed out on a good opportunity going into the next round. Does the performance of Lauren Shanklin make you even more interested to get here? Yeah. I'm not talking about Lauren Shanklin. No, but Lauren's played well today um, in what was a very good all-round team performance by early night. It's quite straightforward. You know, the, the, the manager is under pressure. And Neil, long experience of football as a player... Uh, and as a manager And indeed as a television pundit Where he's discussed managers under pressure He knows how they come to arrive at the situation Where they're under pressure Therefore, subconsciously Neil will understand why he's under pressure And why it would be inadvisable for Dundee To get no points at all in Perth on Saturday Do you know what I'm thinking? And a couple of people have pointed this out It's possible, it's, And it is my fault I reckon I'll hold my hands up Let's change the wording slightly on the, on the oh, teaser Because okay. I think I think we need to to Be careful here So Eight players So since 97 Eight players have scored Their first English Premier League hat-trick And played for either Celtic or Rangers Is that alright? For, okay. for instance Because a couple <laughs> of you said Does it make any yeah, no, it does it, Because for instance Ian Wright did sc- Has scored one in that time And so uh, So has someone else That you mentioned Alright okay So that would have been That I mentioned Yeah But I've changed the question so You're double still eight. Yeah, I think it was Dion Dublin's the other one. Yes, uh, something like that. So since '97, eight players have scored their first English Premier League hat trick and played for Celtic or Rangers. We've got Tori Andre Flo, James Beattie, Robbie Keane. So far, who yeah, else did I'm, you give me? I'm going to go for. I've got four here: Arteta, no, Cal Court, no, oh. uh, Stephen Davis, no, Stephen Naismith, yes. Oh. Ah. Stephen Naismith got his hat-trick Everton against Chelsea Remember that yeah, one? Yes, was a substitute as well that day um, And of course has played for Rangers So since 97 Eight players have scored their first English Premier League hat-trick And played for Celtic or Rangers So Tori Andre Flo James Beattie Robbie Keane And not, Stephen not Naismith McGeady. So far, no Okay Derek is a Hibs fan from Kilmarnock Hi Derek How you doing? Not bad, how are you? No bad, no bad. Sorry, Boris, with the Kilmarnock scenario, but uh, just going back maybe 20, 25 years, Kilmarnock had a guy called Gus Wallace, the ground staff. I remember Gus well, yeah. Uh, you'll remember him too. And back in the day, Kilmarnock Rugby Park was always classed as one of the best players in Scotland now. Gus is at Troon Junior now, and the fix there is absolutely fantastic, as it was when he was at Kilmarnock. Now, how can Kilmarnock? Yeah, Derek. The, the, I think the point is for these clubs is the the they, they train on it as well. I know the uh, gas cube used to be a a place where they used to rent, lease, and I, I'm going to pluck a figure because I, would, I went down to meet the commandant guys one time, and I think it was fifty thousand pound a year was the rental of that facility. That's the figure I have at the moment. So they will save that automatically. Then you have your Colts and your junior team, your academies 
all training on that pitch as well So you don't have to source pitches out with that So that's the reason why a lot of these clubs do this But listen, I, I'm just giving you that bit of background Shu and I are very much for the grass I'd like to ask I'd like to ask As I say I do remember Gus Hollis And I do remember The bowling green nature Of the rugby park pitch yeah. But This is now an economic issue And I'd like to ask Billy Bowie The man who Effectively Owns Kilmarnock Football Club uh, You tell me Why you must have this Artificial surface uh, And you tell me Would it endanger The club's existence if you had to have grass again And you had to train away from Rugby Park As I say I would put forward an idea Whereby you get one season To reorganise the financial structure of your club You would be allowed to play in the, the Premiership On your artificial surface Therefore you would be able to guarantee Your own survival on the artificial surface But at the end of that year You would have to have rearranged things so that you could have grass back again and you had reorganised the club in such a way that that wouldn't mean dreadful financial hardship. Thanks to Derek and Kilmarnock. Uh, we've got Thomas and uh, Dylan and John, a few others having a good go at this teaser. Um, I've now cleaned up the wording, my fault. Since 97, eight players have scored their first English Premier League hat-tricks and played for Celtic or Rangers at some point in their careers. We've got Tori Andre Flo, James Beattie, Robbie Keane and Stephen Naismith anymore. Uh, Janino? No. Francis Jeffers? Mm, no. So hopefully... <laughs> hopefully, well, it wasn't really, was it? Well, it's more than we had two minutes ago. <laughs> hopefully we'll get the answers next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Per scoreboard. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Hugh Keevens and Alex Ray. They are now struggling, I would say, with the question. The teaser tonight is since 97... Since 1997, eight players have scored their first English Premier League hat-tricks and played for Celtic or Rangers at some point. So we've got Tori Andre Flo, James Beatty, Robbie Keane and Stephen Naismith. So you're halfway there. Yeah. Big Pierre? Nope. Um, Rod Wallace? Nope, not in that time frame. <sighs> I was struggling. Right, I'll give you a clue to get you off and running. Celtic striker... Played down south for the likes of Leeds Oh, Mark Viduka? Mark Viduka oh. Right, so you've got five of eight The three that you're looking for One is Rangers Two are Celtic One of them's also Scottish Two of them are not <laughs> Alright <laughs> That really does help me John is in Kilsyth Hi John Hi there, how are you keeping panel? What's your point tonight, John? Uh, it was just to say, uh, to ask you in the panel, you know how it's all about 10 in a row just now? You know, my, my worries are... Is it? In... <laughs> For John, is? <laughs> well, once 10 in a row is all completed, or it's one or it's not one, what happens with Scottish football after that? Is it going to just kind of... Is there anything after that? You know the, what I mean? The, the, there are hypothetical questions, and then there are hypothetical questions. Uh, you'll have to acknowledge, John, that uh, Celtic haven't got to eight yet. Do you? Yeah, that's true. I yeah, like, maybe it never happened. But my fear is in the future, and I think it's the now. 
the Scottish SFA and whoever should all get together and try and work something, you know, with a week. I, I, I think, think be, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think your tongue could be firmly embedded in your cheek here, is it not? No, no, I'm, I'm just thinking of the, I'm, I'm almost thinking of the full game, the full, you know, I think we could, we could, Scotland as a nation could invite teams to Scotland, you know, and make it a better league. No, no, you're not allowed to. There is no cross-border stuff of that nature allowed. So I think you first of all have to acknowledge what's happening in the here and now, John. Uh, And there's a a revamped, re-energised Rangers under Steven Gerrard who look capable of giving Celtic a real run for the money in terms of the championship. That in itself will excite everyone. It will excite this radio station. It will excite satellite television and everyone else. It will keep big crowds going to Celtics away matches and Rangers away matches. So we should deal with what we have at the moment. And what we have is, I think, a proper league race in the making, which we have not had for the last couple of years while Rangers have been going through their wacky races phase Aberdeen are to be credited With being the best of the rest For the last four seasons But they were never going to win the title We may, we may just have a title This season, a title competition What did you make of your team at the weekend then John? Well, being honest with you I'm, I'm kind of, this sounds silly But uh, I'm not actually Celtic or Rangers you know. Alright, oh, sorry I thought you were a Celtic fan no, I'm no either. Uh, my son supports Celtic, but my daughter supports Rangers, so wow. <laughs> I'm in the middle. Bet uh, Sunday but, dinner at your house will be a laugh on September the 2nd, John. Aye, well, I mean, he loves the hoops, he's the hoop staff, and I don't take that away from him, you know, that's his thing. But um, I just want to see Scottish football, you know, see when you look back at all the old fo- clips, when you see they get for the minutes, or th- hundreds of people, thousands, you know, I don't think we'll ever see that again, eh? It's just... Well, I mean, I could give you the social history of Scottish football, you know, and talk about the, the years after the Second World War. It's 10 to 8, I don't think yeah, we're going to yeah, fit that in. But, uh, you know, we have to deal with what we have right now. And what we have is a competition that could be itself revitalised by Stephen Gerrard and a different Rangers from the players who've represented the club over the last two years. I genuinely believe... There will, in the fullness of time, be a proper championship race And we should be grateful for that And for the re-emergence of Hibs under Neil Lennon For Aberdeen's continued uh, momentum under Derek McInnes For the players at Hearts who won the first two league games And who are top of the table So let's deal with the good news that we have Without worrying about many years down the line Thanks to John and Cosythe. That will be our final call. We're still on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Uh, something which actually hasn't come up tonight Fortune-y. at all. Oh, right, on the teaser? No, no, not yet. Uh, something which hasn't come up yet tonight. Um, and it's funny how these things sometimes work out that way when the team doesn't lose the game. But but there we are. Andy wants to, to talk about uh, Morelos' perfectly legitimate goal. I'm yes. assuming he means the one that was not, not given, the one that certainly looked like it crossed the line, Hugh Keevans. But wasn't given at Kilmarnock yeah, yesterday. And Stephen Gerrard clearly believes that it was. Uh, but, you know, Rangers have won the match 3 1. They continue to look impressive. 
Why harp on about these things? You know, the, the, there's the result. Air United at Ibrooks next in the quarterfinals of the competition. So, what a. Sure, the only reason why it doesn't get highlighted is because Rangers won, uh, go out comfortable winners in the end. Yeah. But it, we could easily have spent the best part of this show talking about conspiracies and yeah, poor yeah. official and again. They need to be able to see that, Hugh. I, I, I sure. put it directly as it happened on Twitter. I says, my word, that looks over the line. And then when you see the, the reruns, it's clear that it is over the line. Again, it goes back to the... T- I know we're running out of time, but it goes back to the goal line technology, uh-huh. which is important because we, everyone pays to go and see goals. And for me, that was clearly over the line. But, you know, first and foremost, Ranger supporters should pay tribute to the team, yep. the manager, the transformation... Uh, it's always in this part of the world about why wasn't it given? You know, there's a dark, sinister reason behind it all. To be fair, t- it's ten, ten to eight, so we've pretty much seen the whole show through, and it's it's only been mooted now. <laughs> uh, what about the teaser then? Since 1997, eight players have scored their first English Premier League hat tricks and played for either Celtic or Rangers. Tori Andre Flo, Mark Viduka, James Beatty, Robbie Keane. Stephen Naismith Three to go We're struggling Right I told you one was Rangers Yes He was also Scottish He's also quite a large man Tall (laughs) I don't know know why I thought that was going to help But it just felt like it would He's one one of these He's one of these guys that um, Gets the word big Put in front of his name That's how big I'm talking Big Duncan Ferguson Big Duncan Ferguson There we go He's got it So the two Celtic ones you're looking for if I name the if I name the English club, I think you'll get it. Okay, uh-huh. Arsenal, uh, or maybe not. As the case maybe, yes. Freddie Ready. Lundberg. Now the last one oh. is undoubtedly the hardest. Oh. I think he's a ex teammate of yours, Alex Ray. I Kevin think he is. Oh, I'm just thinking teammates that have scored goals. Um, and he played for Celtic. Yes. I think he is I hope he is Otherwise I've just I've sold just you think of the ones Terrible dummy Henri Camara Yes We Henri There we go You couldn't have a band door <laughs> There we go Henri who's Camara a, Who's the hat trick he's got Wigan against Charlton In 2005 And of course Played for Celtic oh, I'd have put money on here Didn't get a hat trick <laughs> There we go Well he did And he's your final answer On tonight's teaser Earlier than usual Hugh Listen oh, to this hey. Listen the music hasn't even started playing yes. yet The end of the show is not yet upon us What else did you take away from the weekend, Hugh? We've covered off, I think, most of the, the sort of main talking yeah. points um, I, I, If you I, look at that draw that's come in We know that the... I really you know, like the look of Hibs Aberdeen uh, You know, as I keep on saying in this programme You get your money's worth at Hibs If you've got a season ticket there You know, it's a five-goal thriller against Ross County uh, It might have... Elements of the game that were not appreciated by Neil Lennon But they got over the line Their new signing, Horgan, scored the winning goal uh, You you continue to get your full money's worth if you watch Hibs And that would be a marvellous quarter Who do you fancy here in, in that tie? On the basis that it's at Easter Road I'd go with Neil Lennon's side mm-hmm. Okay um, I'm thinking as well Hugh, if you look across the weekend Big win probably for Motherwell just to try and stop that. Yeah, that, you know that that poor start to the league season. We know they did ever so well in the cups last year. So also always important to, uh, to try and, and just get a win on the board, isn't it? I know Patrick Thistle lost to Celtic three one, but it's always good to see a fresh name come in, a young guy, because 
this is the, the kind of thing that we need And Aidan Fitzpatrick came on for Patrick Thistle And was involved in the creation of the equalising goal We want to see I mean Ross McCrory at Rangers you know, He's 19 years of age And he's bossing games uh, We want all of that stuff We had Mikey Johnson playing for Celtic at Fairhill they're coming along mm-hmm. Thank you to Hugh Evans and Alex Ray For joining me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard We always like to save the biggest thanks for you Because you deserve it Thanks for listening Thanks for tweeting and calling And the good thing is We can do it all over again tomorrow In the company of Roger Hanna And Gordon DL We'll be here from 6 o'clock But in the meantime Stay right where you are Because Callum Gallagher is up next One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years.